You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to this week's episode of Watching Friends. This is Season 3, Episode 12, The One with All the Jealousy. I'm Mark. Just hands. I'm Ryan. It's nice to have a boyfriend. <laughs> it sure is, Ryan. <laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> yeah, we are going to talk about the Barbershop Quartet quite a bit this episode, I think. Uh, before we get into it, though, uh, we didn't do the socials last episode because Ryan doesn't know them. I do know um, them. And I, I've been thinking about our, our show. Um, I wonder if anyone actually listens to it. What, the show? Yeah. <laughs> because, because, because you know, we we never really get any messages. Uh, no one really joins our patron. Uh, this is patron supported, by the way. Patreon.com forward slash watching friends. If you enjoy our show, please support us. Uh, the only reason I know that people listen is because I get some stats that come through that say how many people downloaded and listened and how long they listened for and stuff. And I'm like, maybe they're just bots. No, people are just shy. No, I think they're just bots. I think they're, I think they're. You know, Russian bots that listen to us. Uh, and I don't think anyone listens to us. So make yourself known. Uh, it's, uh, you can message us at watchingfriends.com. Uh, There's a little contact form there. Tell us what you think about episodes. Tell us what you think about our show. Tell us what you don't like. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter at watchfriendspod. The end of that. Where you can message us and you can see some stuff when we get round to actually putting stuff up there. But you get, get to also know when we release an episode that goes on there too. And more importantly, there's the Patreon. Which I've just... also Well, I mentioned that before, so... But we like the Patreon, because it You has... want to mention it twice. It's that important. It needs to be mentioned twice. Yeah, we want the money. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, yeah, the, the money helps us to basically do this. Uh, as we've said many episodes, if you listen to us till the end, which not everyone does, um, you know, we do have to pay for hosting. We have to pay for equipment, uh, renting a space to do this in. Uh, travel for for me and Ryan to actually meet up and do this. Uh, tea bags, especially that's that's a massive expense. Yep, I need um, more. So you know, if you can support us on Patreon, please do. We do do bonus content stuff on there. But you know, I just really want you to tell me that you listen to the show yeah. um, because, like I say, it's just stats, just numbers. It'd be nice to be yeah to put some context through it. Yeah, I know that we have at least two listeners um, because my friend at work and his wife listen. Okay. Um, and I remember telling you this the other day off the air, but he gave us quite the compliment the other day. Um, and he was going to start some work, popped, the, popped his earphones in, and couldn't decide whether he should listen to us or continue listening to a Neil deGrasse Tyson podcast he'd be listening to on the way to work. I mean, he's quite charismatic and enjoyable to listen to. Exactly. That's what, At first, I was like, so what you're telling me is you're torn and that's rude. And he was like, you're taking it the wrong way, but I was only joking. And I was like, it's quite, I was like, that's quite a, quite a compliment to be torn between us or Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. I'd listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson instead of listening to me, <laughs> but you shouldn't. You should listen to us. I don't know. Does he have any tangents as good as yours? You know what? He, as a person, he just gone lots of weird tangents, oh, to be fair. Yeah, he does go on quite a few. Yeah, he just... Someone will ask him a science question and he'll start answering it and then remember something else about science that he loves and spend 10 minutes talking about that and then forget the original question. Do, does he have an ex-lesbian lover? Does he jump in bushes? Does he hold his breath under tunnels? I only do two of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where your, your southern mind has got this holding breath in tunnels from. It's not what brummies do. It's not a thing. Well, I think Although, we... While we're on tangents, because it's just reminded okay. me. Okay. I'm curious, obviously my listeners know that I'm a Brummian from Birmingham, but I'm curious as to where listeners think I sound like I'm from. Because all I've had this week is people say to me, you're not from round here, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, do, do they say it as if you're uh, like a man in the 1950s middle America? It's no. Like, you're not from around here, are you? More curious than spiteful. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I've been told that I'm from, one guy said Poland. Um, which I <laughs> what? Apparently, I look like I'm Polish, but I don't sound like I'm Polish. Uh, if uh, like metal is quite big in Poland, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know his logic or understand it. And then a couple people said I sound like I'm from South Africa, which right. I didn't. I don't understand. I feel like I sound. I don't think I sound like a Brummie because I'm like, good right, how are you doing? Watching yeah. friends, like, I don't sound like that. But I'm just, it's just, yeah. Where do we sound like we're from? Because it, it'll be interesting because looking at the stats recently, uh, we have a large UK listenership for obvious reasons, and 
probably down to the algorithm because we're based in the UK and, you know, the, the podcast algorithms are like, well, this was made in the UK, so pretty much English people or, you know, uh, UK people are going to want to listen to this, right? You know, if you're Japanese, probably not going to be your first choice of podcast to listen to. Uh, Saudi Arabia was also quite popular this month for downloads, oddly. Nice. Uh, I wonder if there's a big friend Saudi Arabia fan base. I assume people took us on holiday with them. Potentially. I like the idea of like, I'm going to take Mark and Ryan on holiday. <laughs> I wish me. they would actually physically take us. What time's off like, guys? Uh, Italy is also another hide one. And of course, America as well. Um, you know, you'd think it would be most popular over in America, but I think it is literally just the algorithm doesn't highlight us as clearly to, to American listeners. Well, if you are one of our international listeners, please share us around. Let everyone know what we're about. If you've got friends that like friends, make them our friends. <laughs> friends all <laughs> <laughs> uh, right well we, it's, it's been six minutes of tangents we should get into this episode so the one with all the jealousy uh we're at monica's and rachel walks out of her bedroom in just a towel dress i mean it can be multi-purpose i mean you know so she's she's just wrapped up in a towel after obviously probably coming out the shower um you know she wants to know if her shoes look nice from chandler and ross which i think she seems a bit too overly comfortable in this situation. Well, not just being in a towel. Yes. I mean, Ross is obviously seen under the towel. Yes. And Chandler's seen through a towel at one point. So. Uh, well, I guess now he has seen Rachel naked in the shower. Yeah. So. Um, but, you know, you know, towels don't always cover all. And if you're lifting your leg up to show your shoes, you know, it might slip in the wrong direction and you show a bit too much. I mean, no use locking the stable door once the horse is bolted, is there? <laughs> I guess not. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, she's starting her new job and she wants to know if, like, the, the shoes are going to look good. Um, why ask Chandler and Ross? Because men don't know anything about women's shoes. I mean, Chandler's clothes never seem to fit in properly. No. Um, and Ross has dinosaur toys. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, so, it turns out Chandler actually has a bachelor party to go to and is wondering if Ross will join him uh turns out like anyone can go to this bachelor party yeah it's for a botanist a botanist yes uh you know because they're they're not very cool are they no. unlike ross with his dinosaur tie i love how oblivious ross is to this it's like well, botanists are such nerds yeah. <laughs> like, is that a dinosaur tie i love the noise he makes of pretending to be a dinosaur though like brilliant my favorite dinosaur thing is that we don't know what they sounded like no it's great yeah <laughs> <laughs> it could have sounded like anything uh it turns out um that Ross, yeah, is pretty much a geek. Uh, but, you know, he's thinking about the, the bachelor party. And then Phoebe comes in wearing all the purses. Uh, this is for, for Rachel to try and give her something nice. She's got a, even got a turtle purse, but uh, Rachel's afraid of turtles. Yeah, which is a random fact for us to suddenly learn out of nowhere. Like, turtles yeah. frighten me. Like, why, Rachel? Can we unpack this a little bit? Like, what happened yeah. with the turtles? I feel like if we ever wrote, like, a, a friend's, like, unofficial guidebook, you'd you'd put stuff like that in and be like, what a weird fact that never ever gets explored again. Nope. Uh, but that's what I guess what you know gives depth to the characters, right? Uh, and Ross suggests uh, to Rachel, you know, perhaps meeting her uh, for lunch that day to you know help make her first day go a bit better. A little bit controlling after our discussions from last episode again. Yeah, again, it's like, what's the motivation? Does he want to meet his girlfriend for lunch or does he want to keep his girlfriend away from Mark? Uh, but it turns out she's already got plans with Mark. Uh, the guy who got her the job. Hmm. Uh-oh. Yes. I feel like Ross is going to have issues. Uh, definitely. I think, you know, maybe he has a point. At the same time, you know, she's... It's her first day. Of course, like, the person who you're working with all day might be like, hey, it's your first day here. Let me take you out to lunch. Get to know a few of the team or whatever. Yep. Or we're going to be working together. Like, it's a nice gesture. Um, it's not him trying to date her. No, I go for lunch with work people all the time. Uh, we then have our intro... And then at the boys, uh, Ross is upset that Mark is having lunch with Rachel. Like, like stop it, Ross, seriously. Uh, Chandler tells him to hide his feelings. And, you know, I think he's joking a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, Joey butts in, though. Uh, totally ignores Ross, basically. Uh, he's got an audition for a Broadway musical, and we're going to listen to that now. Guess who has an audition for a Broadway musical? I want to say you, but it seems like such an easy answer. <laughs> it is me. It's a musical version of A Tale of Two Cities. So I think I'm going to sing New York, New York. And, uh, oh, I left my heart in San Francisco. 
Uh, Joey, I don't think you get to pick the cities. <laughs> what? Mr. Dickens gets to pick them. Who? I'll get you the cliff notes. The what? The abridgment. Oh, okay. <laughs> the what? I gotta love dumb Joey here. Like, you know, you could be like, oh, he's, he's stupid. It's like, no, he just doesn't know who Charles Dickens is. That's fine, I guess. You don't have to know every author out there. No. Uh, abridgment and cliff notes. Yeah, they're, they're quite fancy words that are not really all that used. Yeah, like abridgment isn't a very, you know, it's a seldom used word. Um, cliff notes, I mean, they tend to be an academic thing. Um, but, you know, for students, and Joey probably wasn't the most academically inclined <laughs> kid growing up. No, we, we know that he skipped school quite a bit, right? Yeah. Um, this so, is weird because we discussed last episode the way the gang react to dumb Joey sometimes. And most of the time they kind of humor him. And this time they're a little bit mean. They are. Uh, you know, fair, fair enough. Like, I, I think, you know, he should know a little bit more than he does. But the fact that he doesn't is not a, a big out there for me. I mean, I will pretty much make banter about anything under the sun. But the one place I do draw the line is like intellectual stuff. Like yeah, I, if you don't know something, you don't know something. Yeah, like I wouldn't ever want to belittle someone's lack of knowledge on something, um, unless it's teasing our friend Chris about his friend's knowledge. <laughs> yeah, because he should know everything about friends, right? But he set that up himself by yes. <laughs> by claiming to have knowledge and not being a mega fan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, it's, it's the same with like people on the internet. Like, oh well, you know, didn't you? This looks similar to this thing. You're like, I've not seen the whole internet. Yeah, not everyone knows everything. Exactly. So that's how you how you learn, isn't it? We then end up at Bloomingdale's, uh, where Rachel has her new job at Bloomies. Yeah. Uh, as Mark is trying to help her set up her laptop, and I couldn't help but notice, like, her desk area is just like a huge mess. Like, it's covered in big brown bags, figurines, and just like all sorts of crap. Um, yeah, like, it's her first day. You'd think her desk would be pretty clear at this point. I assumed that it was left in that state and she has to tidy it herself. I don't mm. think she did it. No, perhaps, right? Uh, but, you know, Rachel couldn't care less uh, about the mess because she gets discount at 20%. I do like it when you get a job in some like some form of like retail or sales and you are like, when is it appropriate to ask? And the interview is never the right answer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, uh, what perk do I get aside from wages? And it's, and it's nice when you get extra perks. Yeah, sometimes it's right. Until you realise that you're just putting your wages back into the place you work. Yep. And the discount should be bigger. That sums up my entire time at Games Workshop and a comic book store. Right. <laughs> you might as well just pay me in stock at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you wait, I wouldn't have to pay tax then. Uh, a call comes in for Rachel and Mark answers Rachel's phone. Rachel Greensline, how may I help you? Hi, is Rachel there? And who may I say is calling? This is Ross. Ross of... Of Ross and Rachel. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> it's, it's Mark. Oh, hey, hey, Mark. Hey. Hey, hey hold, hold on. Uh, okay. Right. Hi, honey. Hi. What, uh, what's Mark doing answering your phone? Oh, he's just goofing around. Oh, yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> why, uh, why isn't he goofing around in his own office? <laughs> honey, this is his office, too. I told you, we're Joanna's two assistants. Why does Joanna need two assistants? Uh, how, how lazy is she? What? I think I just shipped 3,000 bras to personnel. Honey, I gotta go. Mark, I need you. Okay, bye-bye. Ow! Ross! Well, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sweetie. I was just trying to... Uh, I was dialing another number. <laughs> as much as Ross is being a total idiot right now, yeah. I do absolutely love... Of Ross and Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, I always hate phoning companies like businesses. And like, who's going, please? And you'd be like, oh, it's, it's Ryan. Like, Ryan from where? Just Ryan. Like, I'm not from anywhere. Like, I'm phoning your business probably to, to order something or whatever. We don't all have businesses that we're calling from. No. I called a shipping company once and mentioned that I was waiting for a product. They got the wrong end of the stick and thought I was calling from that company <laughs> as a representative of that company Ooh. and put me through to their like vice president of marketing or something. And I was, and I'm like, they're like, oh, yeah, how can we help? And I'm like, yeah, just a little bit dissatisfied that my pastor's not here yet. And I was like, it just, but I guess the way I'd had the conversation made them think that I was 
calling about customer complaints. Yeah. And I'm like, I should not be talking to this person. This is this is a very dangerous conversation that, for me to have right now. That is brilliant. You could have uh, caused many hours of meetings to happen. So they're like, quick, we've lost the Sony account. He's going to leave. <laughs> you use Sony's example. I was just kind of like, where's my PS5? And he yeah. ended up being like, why are our customers getting their PS5? And yeah. I was like, this this is a risky conversation. Let's just nod and smile before. If this, I mean, if this escalates, I'm fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was quite funny. So yeah, I was like, yeah, it, it does happen. Companies are weirdly specific like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to love how neurotic Ross is being here, especially when he's like bashing the phone down. You certainly can't do that from a mobile phone anymore. No. Uh, we've, we have had that frustrations in the past, I, I bet both of us, where you just upset a phone call and you want to slam it down. Yeah, you can't. I, see, I tend to hang up and then look through my phone. Yeah. I need to do something physically. <laughs> I'm like, ah! But yeah, you know, Mark is like, yeah, he's just answering the phone. Like they work in office, they share a phone line together. Uh, and then, yeah, he just passes it over. Like he's not being weird at all. Ross is being weird. And like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do like. I was like, "How lazy is she? Why does she need I two assistants?" Yeah, why do you need? Why do you need two assistants? Like, assistant is such a weird word, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it normally means does most of the job. Yeah, pretty much right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Rachel had to hang up because she thought she'd shipped three thousand bras to personnel. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is like your first day at a new job. Like, you do panic a lot. You'd be like, "I pressed the button. What happened?" Ah, yeah. You don't realise how easy it is to undo things, right? I accidentally ordered twice the entire stock inventory for a store at a shop I worked at. <laughs> because I read the guide and it was like, please ensure that all data has been deleted from the like shipping system before you place an order. And the last instruction in the manual is, please delete all the shipping data. So my brain went, well, my boss will have done it because that's step two, like the final step. So I don't need to do step one. That's just repetitive. He hadn't done the final step. <laughs> so we just had to do two of everything in the shop needed. It arrived on my day off. He was not happy. <laughs> Big sales that day, right? Oh, I got in so much trouble. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, but I did notice that Ross's desk is also covered in all, all sorts of crap. Just dinosaur crap. I mean, I can see your desk from here, Mark. Yeah. It's but got hula hoops on it. It, it does. That, that was lunch. Um, <laughs> Other brands of crisps are available. <laughs> no, my, my desk is messy uh, because I don't have a very big desk and I had to move some stuff and sort it out. It will be tidy at some point. You can have dinosaur crap on it. No. No. I, ba I do need to basically take everything off it. But, you know, the difference is mine is just actual, like, just crap that shouldn't be there. That's just there because I haven't sorted it. Ross and Rachel's stuff looks like actual stuff they've placed there purposely. Fair. Your desk is functional, and their desk it looks decorative. Yes. Uh, we then end up at the uh, Moondance Diner, and Monica is taking out her boobs. <laughs> okay. I really <laughs> people haven't seen this episode. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, she, she's done this a few times. She's already lost a boob and stuff, you know, because yep. she, she has her fake ones that she puts in. Uh, but she's now alone with a husky Paolo type called Julio. Who also works there? Uh, Monica finds a book just on the counter, and it turns out it's his book, Flowers of Evil. And Julio has a secret talent. He is a poet. Uh, the flirting here is really awkward, though. Like before, they end up just kissing anyway. Yeah, it, yeah, it's not for a poet. He's not exactly smooth. No, like he knows. Like he clearly knows he's attractive and doesn't have to do anything, and knows Monica is interested instantly in him just like paolo was like uh, possibly a bit of truth and possibly a lot of arrogance yeah I, I don't like him immediately no he he really does just feel like another paolo uh we then end up at joey's audition and he's hamming it up brilliantly and somehow that earns him a callback yeah it's fantastic it's, i like how when he gets asked like he gets his name gets called like joey and he kind of like dances his way over in <laughs> yeah. like as if he must be dancing at all times yeah <laughs> it's just so stupid uh but he needs to bring his jazz shoes uh, for the callback audition uh which he's concerned about despite his supposed dancing background my agent said that it wasn't a dancing part oh joey all the roles gotta dance a little <laughs> but believe me with your dance background it'll be a piece of cake three years of modern dance with twyla tharp Five years with the American Ballet Theater. Hey, everybody lies on their resume, okay? I wasn't one of the Zoom kids either. Can you, like, dance at all? Yeah, I can dance, you know. So, yeah, then he does a 
pretty much white guy dad dance. I feel like I need to learn this dance. It, it reminds me of like, there's a word that pops into my head, electric banana. And I feel like that was a dance. Oh, okay. It looks kind of similar to that because he's just like swinging his arms like sort of together but around himself. This is weird thing with his legs as well. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he goes, well, yeah, of course it looks stupid now. There's no music. It's like, yeah, it probably looks stupid even with music. It, dancing is probably the only thing on this planet that makes me feel weirdly self-conscious and embarrassed. Same. Like, I, I wish I could dance because uh, there's definitely a lot of confidence that comes from being a good dancer. I, I don't know how to dance. Yeah, my girlfriend's got a massive dance background and she's seen me dance a couple of times and she's like that's okay you've got rhythm and like it was like I'd been told I was president of the world <laughs> I was like what I do I do you mean it I got so excited and I was like I, I don't know and she's like she gets annoyed she says that people don't dance because they're scared of looking stupid and she's like the whole point is that you're just enjoying the music and the movement and I'm like oh what a what a you've liberated my my awkward body from the confines of you know dancing peer pressure i feel i feel like that's true for women because they can dance and look a certain way if a guy does that he doesn't look as good i, I just feel like yeah i feel like i'm just gonna be i'm gonna do it wrong and look stupid um which is dumb because i don't ever care about looking stupid in the rest of my life i, I, I guess from my point of view like dancing generally looks quite sexy is when but, I do but, it. but but if you're if you're me or you doing it, we do not look sexy doing that dance, and so it does look awkward. And you know, in the in the words of you know, Chan, one of the women Chan has been with, bumpy and awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I suppose as long as you like you're enjoying yourself, people don't really care. No. Like, there's that classic internet thing of there was a a larger gentleman dancing, having a great time, and some girls took a photo of him and like mocked him online, and it went viral. Um, and there's a picture of like him enjoying himself and the next picture is him spotting and taking the mickey out of me he looks really sad and crestfallen and then that went viral and people sent him like invitations to dance all over the place and end up being like you know the internet sensation for a yeah. while which well a sad story had a really nice ending um, but I feel like that's how people feel especially men men still with a lot of times seem self-conscious around dancing well it, it also depends on the music as well like if you're listening to you know your metal music or some screamer or whatever not really the type of music you can dance to. I mean, to quote Glee, that would be hairography. Like, I just, yeah. my hair's going everywhere. You can't really see much of me because there's too much hair. Well, you're uh, just bouncing, aren't you? Because, yeah. like, you know, in, in rock and metal and stuff, you don't, you can't really dance to it. It is just jumping around. You know, you're not, you're not doing a, a, any choreography or getting your system and do it, doing the routine or anything, are you? Reminds me of that gif of the techno goths under the bridge dancing to the top of the tank engine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes me think of. Uh, so yeah, it turns out that Joey has told a few lies on his CV. Uh, have you any, ever told lies on your CV? No. no. Um, I phrase my CV in a positive light, but I've never outright lied. No, um, I, I, I think everyone has to embellish. So, you know, what did you do at this role? Oh, I answered the phone. That's pretty boring. Uh, I managed the cool weight system and organised the inventory of stock to oh, come yeah. into... You know. Answering the phone on my CV is literally the communications liaison. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it's, we go. It's just, that's what I did. Yeah. Like, that happened. Um, my CV is dreadful, to be fair. Like, I guarantee I've only ever got jobs I've gotten because it's going to sound weirdly arrogant, but of my personality, I feel like Ryan on paper, you don't want to meet. <sighs> but if my CV manages to get me a foot in the door, I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. Although that hasn't always worked. I applied for a job at a bar once and they were like, how many cocktails can you make? And I was like, none, but I'm a fast learner. And like, I just, I was clearly the wrong fit for this bar. It was like a hip hop R&B bar and I've got, I'm, I'm clearly like a metalhead. I can't make any cocktails. My only bar experience was the Villa Ground. Like I was, I should not have, I don't know how I got the interview because I should not have been there. And it was great because we, we had this guy go, oh, I'm really, really well. And he was like, I like you, Ryan, but you just suck at this job. And I was like, yeah, I kind of figured that halfway through the interview as well. <laughs> and then we just shook hands on the left. Yeah, you should have said, uh, I'm a massive drunk. I'm very good at cocktails. But I, mean, I mean, I would not know. I can't make cocktails. So I wouldn't want to say it's easy, but you know, do I could you, be like Tom Cruise. Do you have any Cruise. of those little umbrellas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you could have a drink in a glass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you have to kind of, not lie, but exaggerate your CV a little bit. But yeah, if you do what Joey's done here, and he does it a lot because he says he can learn, he can speak fluent French. No, like, could it just been like, yeah, I can do a bit of dancing. Well, if you're going to fib, you need to be smart about it. Yeah. Like, if you're applying for a, like, a performance role when you claim you've got a skill you don't, that's hard to bluff than, you know, embellishing what you did with a filing system in an office one day. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, Phoebe wonders if Joe can dance at all, and yeah, so he shows us his weird, weird dance. And then during this, Chandler gets a phone call from a stripper. Uh, and Chandler wants to know what they'll do for the extra 100. And it involves grapes somehow. Feeding you grapes? I don't think so. No, nope, this is a kid's show. That's what you do. You get fed grapes <laughs> yeah. by the stripper. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we can all kind of guess what happens with the grapes. But he wonders uh, if he has to supply the grapes. I mean, for $100, I'd expect them to bring their own. <laughs> Some fancy ones, right? I might bring in the clothes you take off as well. Like, no, like, <laughs> I mean, it's your job. You do it. Uh, yeah, I could go into a few stories about this, but I won't. I've never been to a strip club or seen a stripper. Have you not? I don't see the point. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get the, the idea of that. Like, you're paying a lot of money for a tease, I guess. Well, it's going to a restaurant and having food. Yeah, no, it would be the chef making you the food, bringing it past you, and then taking it back away again. Like, yeah, you like, do. Yeah, what's cool. the point? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, yeah, strippers are like a, an interesting thing that, that people do for fun, right? I have no issue with strippers or sex workers in general. Like, no. you know, as long as you're safe. No, it's, it's, it's just what you, you get out of it. And just as a source of entertainment, I don't see the value in it myself. No. But it'd be, you know, it'd be like watching, oh, let's go to the cinema, but you've got to leave 20 minutes before the end of the film. I'm just like, well, why would I do that? Well, like, so some of my friends, they had a, a stripper for their bachelorette party. Uh, and I think, I think the guy who was doing the stripping was having a great time. Like, to him, it wasn't, it wasn't work. Yeah, uh, he was having a great time, you know, rubbing himself over people and and all sorts of things, and probably getting a bit too comfortable. Um, uh, but I, I think for like women, they probably do see it as a little bit different because it probably is just a bit of fun and that. Whereas as a man, you're like, there's a naked woman there. Yeah, I, I would assume that. Like, uh, uh, I mean, some baseless assumption, but I guess it's just because how men are perceived. But I would imagine there's a overtly sexual charge to a male strip. Or a female stripper stripping for men than it would be for a men stripping for women. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. No, I've, I've only been to one once as part of a, a bachelor party. I didn't stay there long. I didn't spend any money. Because uh, like, yeah, was just like, what's, what's the point? Because it wasn't cheap. Uh, we, we're talking like hundreds of pounds for, for minutes of entertainment. Yeah, I feel like I'd be more like, do you want a cup of tea, love? <laughs> yeah. like, well, have you watched Dr. Root? Oh, absolutely. I just... It, I just find the idea weird that the entire reason she's there is to, you know, or they they are there, yeah. could be a male stripper, are there to take their clothes off and jiggle around in front of me. And I'm like, great, that's not really... No, and... that entertaining? And we've, you know, we've probably discussed this off air in the past, but for me, you know, I would rather, like, chat to someone who's being, like, genuine rather than someone who's trying to fake their personality to try and get more money out of you. Yeah, but this is weird because I like a burlesque show, sign me right up. Yes. Like that. I guess, That's entertaining. There's yes. like an, not to, you know, insult strippers, but there's an, I guess there's an artistry to, artistry to it that goes beyond, oh, I'm just taking my clothes off. Yeah. Uh, but would you pay the extra 100 for the grapes? Mm, if does, the grapes, if the grapes came as wine, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. does, that, does that change the show you get? So, yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna have a stripper at the bachelor party and, you know, Chandler is organising it and getting the job done don't know if I'd trust Chandler to organise it no I think Chandler would be quite good no I wouldn't trust him well we, we see later on um, what happens with uh, a bachelor party with Joey organising it mm-hmm. so I think I would trust Chandler I think he knows what he's doing uh, right. uh, Monica, would you trust me Monica? to plan your bachelor party sorry to interrupt but I'm just curious mm, potentially I don't think you do anything bad you would definitely get to the wedding <laughs> yeah like it wouldn't be a no, case of yeah. I've left you tied to a lamppost in Rotterdam no I I kind of think if you you did it it would probably be alright I think you'd think about it I imagine make, people make sure it's fun and entertaining are listening going oh what kind of wild entertaining would it be and it would be there's food beer and we're playing the Dreamcast no it, it, it would be at the basement of a pizza hut <laughs> there would be t-shirts with your face on it uh, yeah no I think you'd do do quite a good one uh, but we're uh in the guy's apartment still, and Monica arrives, and somehow news seems to travel fast because Phoebe already knows about Monica and Julio. Uh, apparently last night was so romantic he stopped to write a poem about it. And as Joey says, nothing would ever stop him. Then a meteor would have stopped him. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chandler interrupts quickly. Uh, he's booked his stripper, a Miss Crystal Chandelier, 
which is such a great name. Yeah. And, it, and as Joey comments, like, what did you expect naming your child? Uh, yeah. I, I can't tell if that Joey thinks that's what she's called and he's just being dumb or if a Joey's making a joke. Yeah, I, I thought it was very on form joke. Um, you know, not, not as good as uh, Miss Chandler Bong. No. <laughs> Miss Crystal Chandelier. Great name. Uh, anyways, Monica managed to get hold of the poem because uh, Julio left it out. And it's called The Empty Vase. 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 Everyone loves loves the poem. Uh, But once Monica leaves, Phoebe tells them all that the poem is actually the opposite of what they think. And before we get into that, I think we're going to have a very quick advert break. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX has refined their lightweight Cloud Stinger headset and now proudly presents the evolved Cloud Stinger 2. It still keeps the same rotating ear cups, swivel to mute microphone and comfort, but now adds two years of premium DTS Headphone X activation. Get even better in-game audio and a number of other refinements for the low, low price of $50. Available now at HyperX.com. Video Death Loop is the show where we watch a short video clip on loop until we just can't take it anymore. Along the way, we'll try our best to make each other laugh and to hold out longer than the other guy. Come in on any episode. Video Death Loop, new episodes every Friday. It's Halloween month, and that means it's time to get your setup decked out in a new costume. Get 15% off of all pink products at HyperX.com by using code HXPN at checkout. Whether you prefer the chic pink accents of the Pulsefire Haste or the snazzy metallic pink of the Allo Origin 60 keyboard, this is definitely the month to think pink. Head over to HyperX.com and check out the selection and enter code HXPN, as in HyperX Podcast Network, in all caps to get your 15% discount at checkout. So yeah, Phoebe kind of thinks... Uh, the, the poem, you know, Monica's like the empty vase, vase, however you want to pronounce it, Ryan. I'll pronounce it correctly. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, she thinks, you know, it's not a beautiful poem about how lovely Monica is. It's about how empty she is. I, I don't understand how Monica missed the subtext here. I guess she's like so into like, oh, he's made a poem about me. It's got to be good, right? Like what did, what would the poem need to have been called? For her to realise, like, Monica is terrible and valueless. Like, yeah. <laughs> what would he have to be? How blatant would he have to have been? Because we, we don't hear the whole poem. I guess the writers were like, sod, like, thinking, writing up a poem, right? Yeah, we need two lines, that'll do. Yeah, I, I do like the way Joey's reading it out loud. Joey's like, to yourself, <laughs> <Yeah>. like a teacher. <laughs> uh, we are then back at Rachel's job. Uh, and the crap on our desk has grown to now include flowers. Uh, massive I love you cards with Ross's face on love bugs champagne chocolates teddies and more uh, it makes it almost impossible for Rachel to get her work done I really enjoyed the love bug <laughs> did you it's like the right combination of cute and crap <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of like I, like I wouldn't want one but I would consider and I'm I, I would consider buying one just out of this is really lame <laughs> and we could both enjoy how lame it is um Everything else is cringy and terrifying. I really liked the massive I love you card. And it says, I love you this much. It's got little hands that stick out from it. And then it's just in the, in the square in the middle. It's just Ross's face. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, how quickly did Ross get all this knocked up? Like, it's 2022. We could have all this sent to the office right now by like Amazon or a yeah. similar company. Um, I'm like, this put in, Ross had to put in some groundwork to get this stuff done. I guess he just went to a florist and was like, one of everything, please. I got like a photo of his face. Yeah. Like how quickly, I'm just intrigued on the log- logistics of it. He spent hundreds because there's like loads of roses, loads of chocolate. There's tons of stuff there. Um, yeah. She probably shouldn't have put it all on her desk. Put it in the corner of the room somewhere or something, right? Yeah, just put there's a box over there. As it arrives, like, there's a box over there, put it in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's obvious to Mark, though, that Ross is insecure. 
Yeah. I think, you know, if he bought her some flowers, nice. Covering her desk with stuff, like he's clearly, you know, marking his territory. Which is a dumb thing to do. Um, you know, of course, you know, if Mark hadn't realised that Ross was insecure, the barbershop quartet that's about to appear uh, certainly would have made him realise that. Wow. Somebody wants people to know you have a boyfriend. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's not, not, not what he's doing. He's just, he's just really romantic. Uh, excuse me, are you Rachel Green? Yes, I am. One, two, three. Congratulations, Congratulations on your first week at your brand new job. It won't be long before you're the boss. Oomba, 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 and you know who will be there to support you. Your one and only boyfriend. It's nice to have a boyfriend. Your loyal, loving boyfriend, Ross. Ross. What a great song. Yes, best moment in Friends ever. <laughs> like, I honestly can't decide if that's my favorite moment in Friends or I take you, Rachel, but it's one of those two. Oh, really? Okay. Like, I, it, it makes me so happy. Like, I think it's probably that because it makes me happy. Whereas, you know, it's just shady drama for that I take you, Rachel. It, it's there. It's nice to have a boyfriend. I was going like, to say, it, is, is that the line? It's just punctuated perfectly yeah. and it's, it, I love it. Because these guys were also featured in the reunion as well, mm-hmm. which was like, amazing to see. Considering they are, you know, 30 seconds in an episode... Like, they appear twice in this episode, but never, ever mentioned or seen ever again. No, but I think my reaction is probably, like, indicative of, like, the entire Friends fan base. Like, yeah. it's such a standout moment, and it's so insanely silly and great that they make an impression. Definitely. Uh, and certainly on Mark, he's had that impression made that Ross definitely loves his girlfriend. Well, it's, I mean, if we're going to get a little bit deeper in this, it's if someone's attempting to, you know, make moves on your partner, Playing into their hands is the worst thing you can do, and yes. that's exactly what Ross is doing right yeah. now. Like, and then Mark, in theory, as later Joey comments that he's a genius, is just like, oh, let's bring up the elephant in the room, and I can use it to undermine your relationship because look how insecure your boyfriend is. And then it's like, no, no, no. And then she's got to defend him, and it's you know just oh. whittling away at the relationship. Well, yeah, because like I know he's thinking, oh, she'll really enjoy this. That's one little thing, maybe. I think a barbershop quartet is probably a bit intimidating. Uh, as, a, as a like a thing to have, but like like getting some flowers, nice. Getting a present, nice. All of it is too much and too too controlling. I think I'd buy the love bug, but I'd be secretly ecstatic if my girlfriend booked a barbershop quartet. Okay. It's quite possibly the last thing she would ever do. Um, I hope she listens to our podcast. You know, it's not actually taking me to a sporting event is the last thing she'd ever do. <laughs> this is this is this is somehow slightly more plausible. So 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 Ryan's girlfriend barbershop quartet. At a, a sports game, N- NHL. Yep. That, yeah, hockey match. Yep. Now we're in fantasy landmark. And a kiss cam. Oh for, no, they're horrible. <laughs> oh, I hate kiss cams as well. Like it's always worse when you go to a sports event and you're there with uh, a person who isn't your partner, or when you're there with friends. Yeah. Because I'm like, if this kiss cam comes on and is me and my female friends sat next to me, so what do we do? Yeah, because- that's why you have a sign pre-made. No. Have you not seen the guys that now do that where they've like got a sign? that's like, this is my sister. And then, okay. like, everyone cheers and laughs, and then it moves on. Because when I first time I talk again, I got really, like, awkward and anxious about it, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm sat next to my friend, and I'm like, if if the kiss cam comes on, and I go in for, like, you know, like, oh, a peck on the cheek, like, yeah, we, you know, we're friends, I think it's a bit friendly, but you still got to do it, because yeah, you're on the big yeah. screen, Mark. You're on the, like, the big jumbotron. But what if she goes in for a kiss? <laughs> that, that wasn't going to happen, because she had a boyfriend, but my brain was like, what if that happened? And I'm like, what if, what if we accidentally kiss like properly what if I go for a kiss on the cheek at the exact time time she tries to kiss me on the cheek and he makes nearly kiss and I was like right it's not going to happen should it? but when the little camera was going around I was like where is he where is he don't look at me don't look at me <laughs> weirdly I was there with my girlfriend I don't know why <laughs> but for some reason I was more concerned that I might accidentally kiss my friend than I was that I'd have to kiss my girlfriend on camera yeah like yeah they might have gone the other way right you never know so instead of pointing to the left they point you to the right yep and it's like awkward uh, yeah, so later at Monica's, Ross is hurt. Uh, I guess Rachel has had a word with him about everything. Because, yeah, a barbershop quartet is a bit over the top. And he certainly was marking his territory. Not by peeing everywhere, but he might as well have done right. Yeah. And Mark explained all of this to Rachel, apparently. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, smooth move, apparently. Um as at the coffee house, the boys tell Ross what Mark was actually doing and he's becoming her confidant. Which, yeah, like he's, you know, Mark is going to explain it. Either as a friend or just as a bloke, you're going to be like, look, your boyfriend's being controlling and weird. Whether he's 
plan into Mark's hands that way. Mark is definitely going to say that to her to put the seed into her head. Yeah, either Mark's just explaining the situation because he's being transparent and saying, no, this is what your boyfriend's doing. You might need to have a conversation with him. Or, this is what your boyfriend's doing. I'm a better choice. Yes. Uh, you know what? I, I'm not sure, though. Because uh, the guys are like, oh, you know, he's becoming the confidant and then eventually she's going to moan to him a lot and then eventually they're going to get together. I'm not sure this tactic ever really works, though. Like, you don't ever want to be the, the guy that the girl moans uh, about her boyfriend to, do you? Uh, it depends on your intentions, I guess. Because, well, it depends on fundamentally if there's a baseline of attraction or not, I would imagine. Like, if you're just the guy at work that she chats to about her boyfriend and there's zero sexual chemistry whatsoever, no, you don't want to be that guy because, well... If you want to sleep with her, that is. Obviously, if you're going to be a supportive friend, be a supportive friend. But yeah. if you're if you have amorous intentions and she's well, yeah, attracted if, if to you, if you're trying to yeah, if you're trying to engineer this to make sure she's pushing down her boyfriend while talking to you, like you know, Gunther does it all the time, and Gunther didn't get anywhere. Yeah, but that's because he's Gunther. Yeah, Mark's dreamy. Gun- <laughs> okay, you know, according to Rachel, Gunther's not dreamy. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not fan base. Don't come for me. You think he's very dreamy? I think he's dreamy. He's got very dashy man. You wouldn't forget Gunther when you saw him, would you? No. And we haven't. There we go. No, he's still around. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's not a nice or honourable tactic, and I think it would undermine the new relationship you could build out of it if you slowly whittled away at someone's kind of relationship and then dated them yourself. So I feel like if you were going to do it, you'd have to be a horrible person that was only after like a one night thing because what that, are you going to base that on? I guess this tactic, the idea would be that. You know, he's like, she gets upset and he's like, oh, you know, let's go to a restaurant. I'll buy you dinner, chat. And then, you know, the the mask drops off and he changes and, you know, starts going on the attack in a sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but in reality, I don't think it ever really works this way. Because if someone's moaning to you about their boyfriend, they could easily be with you right now. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a lot of it is, I've been in a situation where I liked a girl and she had a fiance and there was a lot of flirty tension and nothing really ever happened but she would complain about her boyfriend and a lot of the times it was really difficult to not push it the conversation in the way that would have benefited me yeah. it was like oh well you could do so much better blah 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 and it was some a lot of the times it was just like i could just say this now and 99.9% of the time i just did the friend thing and went well if you're not happy like that's your choice you need to make because Again, I'm not right. If she had left her boyfriend and then we'd started dating, I'd be like, well, that was easy to do. Yeah. Like, how can I trust that this didn't happen again? And I never want to go anywhere. But it, it can work if you're good at it, I guess. Because it's not that difficult to push conversations and put ideas in people's heads. Yeah. Well, uh, Joey then tells us uh, exactly how it's going to go. I don't know, you guys. All right, fine. Don't do anything. Just sit here and talk to us. Meanwhile, she is talking to him about you. And he's being Mr. Joe sensitive. And she starts thinking, maybe this is the guy for me because he understands me. And before you know it, she's with him. And you'll be all, oh, man. (laughs) And he'll be all, yes. (laughs) And us, we'll be like, oh, dude. (laughs) And pretty soon, you'll be like, oh. And, and, and. Oh, I can't go. Rachel and Mark might be there. <laughs> and we'll be like, man, get over it. It's been four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, right? Because he would be, hi. Oh, yeah, get over it. It has been like four years. You know, Mark, Mark and Rachel might be there. Like, no, stop it. Like, Ross would be like that. Yeah, he's so unbelievably on point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just brilliant job at being Ross. Uh, yeah, I, I, as I said earlier, I don't, I don't believe it would quite go this way for for mark but who knows right yeah uh we're back at the office though and rachel's desk is still covered in stuff uh when a woman comes up to mark and kisses him so you know that's the thing that happens but it's okay because rachel knows about these two it's not a big deal uh it is always a bit odd though in american companies they have like strange rules about dating other employees which i don't think in the uk are ever seen it here like if you date an employee that's fine but you see it at least on american tv shows where if they find out you're dating you're fired yep when i worked for a very large mouse themed american company um <laughs> don't know what trying to be sort of uh, yeah, yeah, mouse. i'm sure you've mentioned their name many times, times in many podcasts previously you could date colleagues 
but the rules were really weirdly specific. Like you couldn't date someone who was above you in like the, the power structure, essentially. Like you couldn't date your boss. Okay. That wasn't allowed. Um, and I think technically if you were dating, you weren't supposed to be on the same shifts. Okay. Um, which was just the, like a logistical nightmare. Like how are you going to, you know, if you're both full time, how are you supposed to not do that? But it, I mean, I mean, it was a store full of young 20-year-olds at Christmas parties. Things would yeah. happen. <laughs> so, so basically, what you're saying is if you're the, the boss who wants to date someone below you, you promote them to the same level as you. Or fire and, them. And then you're, <laughs> or fire them, and then you're golden. Yeah, it's, it is strange. Like, I kind of get it from a, an employer's point of view that you don't want drama in the workplace or relationships yeah. in the workplace be, being a distraction from the work. They're meant to be robotic machines that come in nine to six and they do the work and they don't have a personality or a life outside of work during those hours. Yeah. I kind of get it. At the same time, like they're just people let them do whatever they want. And you just have to deal with the drama and the issues. Same way, you know, some people you work with, you just don't get on with them. And instead of, you know, being like you have, can't be friends here or you have to be friends here. They have to deal with that and find ways around it. Yeah. Most people are mature enough that it's not going to really be an issue. No. Uh, so yeah, so Mark and this uh, mystery woman uh, are pretty close, it seems. And Ross has arrived at the office just as this is happening. Uh, but just before he enters the room, he hangs outside like the the little barrier, and he hears the kissing. And then Rachel saying, you know, sweet things like, "Oh, that's so nice" and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Rachel's a little bit weird. Going, you know, you two kissing is nice. Uh, but hearing that Ross bursts in and uh, doesn't realise that this woman who looks quite a lot like Rachel is not Rachel no like they've got the same clothes on it doesn't look like a uniform but they've got the same clothes on similar colour hair like from the back you would be like yeah that's Rachel uh, clearly done on purpose for the show mm-hmm. comedy uh, yeah just just the whole farce of all this is, is quite brilliant it is like as a comedic, comedic enterprise it's fantastic yeah. but it's so troubling as as a kind of you know the Ross situation. No, and I I love the way that that Ross like pulls the woman off as like you know what the hell was happening here sort of thing and quickly realizes his mistake, and he very nearly recovers from his mistake <laughs> uh, when he realizes what's going on. But I think by this point he'd gone too far that he could ever recover from it. Yeah, if if one of these incidents has happened, fine. But the barbershop quartet and all the gifts have yeah. kind of like, they've definitely gone over the edge of that Ross. Cause, cause you know, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to buy a tire downstairs. How do I get some service around here? You don't walk up to the back offices to try and find that service. It's the way he slowly turns like, Oh, hi, Rachel. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good try. Not quite. Rachel is not having it though, is she? No, she is not best pleased. Uh, we're then back at the auditions and everyone is doing stretches. And some of these look very inappropriate for TV. Can't say I noticed, but okay. Uh, there was definitely a lot of legs on shoulders and uh, hip thrusting going on. Like, it's the same way like in football. You know when uh, a footballer's on the floor and the guy comes over with his magic spray and they're like stretching out the muscles, that, that sort of thing going on. Um, but everyone is doing stretches, <laughs> kind of like apart from Joey. Uh, he's just standing there by himself, like not knowing quite what to do, watching everyone else do all this together. Um, I guess in because he's not a dancer, he doesn't know the idea of stretching, really, especially like pulling out your your muscles, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to to my mind, it looks a little bit inappropriate for for daytime TV. Says <laughs> a lot about your mind. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to go back and watch it. <laughs> Uh, but there's a problem. The dance captain can't be there, so the director wants Joey to teach the dancers how to do the routine. You know, seeing his, he's the most experienced of all the dancers. Yep. Poor Joey. Not poor Joey. I'm like, ha. Like, he <laughs> fibbed on his CV. And I'm like, I kind of, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. There's a bit of short and fried for me. I'm like, yeah, you're in for it now, dude. Uh, yeah, he's very concerned uh, at this point. But we uh, head back to Monica. Uh, she's got a vase uh, that she is decorating for Julio. Uh, Phoebe then lets slip what the poem actually meant uh, without saying a word about it. Yep. Um, Monica then heads to Moon Dance Diner and just basically has it out with Julio in front of all the patrons of the restaurant. Uh, turns out that the poem wasn't about Monica though; it's about all women. Well, all American women. 
I love the stages of this scene. Like, it's just like, Monica's upset and like, he diffuses the situation. She's like, oh, I've been an idiot. That's fine. Yeah. Like, it's about all women. Uh-oh, it's not even worse than it yeah. ever was. And then now it's, oh, now it's the racial element too. It's American women. Like, yeah. yeah, just keep digging. Just keep digging, Julio. I, I did like the way you could potentially uh, go, oh, you know, he's clearly foreign. Uh, I assume English isn't his first language. Maybe, like a lot of people speak in a second language, they're not being perfectly clear in their intentions and it's coming off quite blunt and, and wrong. So he's like, oh, you know, it's not about you. Fine. It's about women. And he might be like, oh, no, this is a, just a general thing about women. I don't think all women empty vases sort of thing. Like, there's probably more to it. But then when he goes, oh, it's about all American women, you're like, oh, no, actually. No, I mean, I, the whole thing he's reeks of misogyny yes. all over the place. It's oh, just, definitely. Julio's a word I won't say on the podcast. It's a Paolo. Yeah, he's a Paolo. <laughs> it's just become a dirty word now. Yes. <laughs> like, bring such a Paolo. Oh, he did a Paolo. Heading back to the audition, though, uh, Joey has uh, taught his white guy dad dance routine and um, not the actual routine he was meant to. I really love the way they, you know, do all the dance in here. It's <laughs> like, so good. It, it's, it's absolutely... There's something about the music they use, the, the little plinky-plonky song mm -hmm. that's just, like, really funny like, to listen to. There are times occasionally where clips, because they're on the product, because they're audio and no video, don't do the show justice. And this is one of those moments where you, you need to see this dance to really get it. Because I, I wanted to get like just the music in. I was like, oh, it's, it's pretty good music, but everything else is just silent. So, yeah, you need to watch this. Uh, but I think, you know, Joey covered it up pretty well when the director is mortified at what they're doing, because um, it's pretty a pretty terrible dance. And, you know, he's like, oh, no, I told them. It's, you know, it's their fault. They didn't listen. He's like, good good for you, Joey. Let's uh, let's teach them how to do it properly then. I, I love the confidence of Joey's like, it's the best I could get out of them. And <laughs> yeah. the, the, the dance captain, which is another phrase I've had before, but I love, uh, is like... I think this is the director, though. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, well, you show them, Joey. But he just, he just buys what Joey said. Like, Joey's yeah. clearly the best dancer in the universe, and these plebs have turned up and are just rubbish. Because we did forget that the director earlier did do the dance. He did. Uh, which got, a, got an applause. Like, you know, starts off slowly and goes very quickly over it. And, like, Joey has no idea what that was. Yeah, lots of dance words that I've only ever heard in, like, random conversations about ballet. Uh, but so he gets Joey to, you know, do the dance again for them, but for them to watch properly this time. Uh, no getting out of this one, though, for Joey, as he just runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah like... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what else he could have done. Like, if he tried to do the dance, he would have been caught out. Running probably was the best thing to do. Yeah, he just legs it. I love the idea, though, that forevermore, Joey's going to go on auditions and be like, I hope he's not there. Yeah, pretty <laughs> like, much right. Like, pe people remember Joey. Mm -hmm. uh, we're back at the coffee house, and it's the night after the bachelor party. Uh, somehow Chandler has a pen with a woman in it uh, that when you push the pen down, all her clothes disappear. Uh, I don't think... This will ever impress Rachel or any woman. No, but um, Chandler's enjoying it. Have you ever seen one of these pens, Ryan? Yes, I had one when I was <laughs> a teenager. When you was 12 and had gone to France, I bet. Yep, it yes. was literally. Yes, that yes. was it. it was, I bought it from some random bloke as we were queuing outside the Louvre. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very weird thing. When we went to France, uh, this would have been like late 90s, like flick combs, those pens, just like weird kind of novelty items were always available. Yep. Uh, for tourists and I'm guessing like school trips and stuff. So like all the school kids would buy it. Yeah, I actually bought a pack of nudie playing cards. Of course. Um, and then the, some of the photos in them were uh, just not pleasing to see. Um, and I traded them. Very, very 60s, I'm assuming. Yeah. And I traded it with one of the guys in my class for his pen. Um, and then the teachers found out that people had bought as a cool trip people had found out that people had bought nudie playing cards and basically went around and confiscated it all but as they kind of came into the room room and confiscated stuff they weren't looking for nudie pens <laughs> <laughs> so all, everyone got their stuff taken off them and I was just sat there with this pen with a naked lady inside it um, and yeah the girl was like give me a pen back and I'm like nah mate we traded like fair's fair yeah. and then I got it home and my mum told me off <laughs> <laughs> see I I bought a flick comb and that got taken off me uh, because flick knives are, are banned in the UK, mm -hmm. and it's a comb. There's nothing wrong wrong with it. It's just like a comb that folds out from a handle. Uh, the issue was it could be turned into a knife because it is a spring with a piece of metal that's like joined to it that flicks out. And you, I could have changed it into one. Yeah, sharpen that edge comb. Oh, not. I don't even think the comb. Like I think just putting like a knife in there instead was the concern. It's like, well, 
And one, I'm not going to do that. And two, if I wanted to do that, I could have just built one myself. Yeah, plus it's not that difficult to get a hold of a knife anyway. No, so like no, if you wanted no, a flick knife, you just bought a flick knife. Yeah, I, or I would have bought a knife. Yeah. Like whether it flicks in or out or not. Like I, I think flick knives were like probably a, a probably an 80s thing. There's probably like a pandemic in the UK of flick knives and like how dangerous and how hidden away they are because they're not a thing that really is talked about now. Like if you stab someone, you just stab them. You don't have a hidden knife on you. Well, we've gone from people running around with flick knives. I think the issue with flick knife is that it's easy to safely carry because yes. the blade's hidden unless you want to use it. Yeah. But nowadays you have kids running around with machetes, so it's kind of like, well, the flick knife <laughs> seems a bit <laughs> impotent compared to a machete. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's always, it is interesting. If you ask anyone about having one of these pens, they got it on a school trip to France. Yeah. <laughs> like a British institution. Yeah. Uh, Ross turns up to chat to Rachel. Whilst Chandler spends some time alone with his pen, uh, I do think Chandler is a little bit too into this pen. He definitely goes into the bathroom with it. Yeah, his reaction with his pen is what I would expect Frank Jr.'s reaction to the pen be. Yes. To be. Of like, yeah. I'm going to go home and spend some time with my pen. Like, yeah, you got a you got a laptop. Uh... Yeah, knock, mum. I'm doing my homework. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though, uh, Chandler, yeah, he could have just used his, his internet, right? That's what he was going to use it for anyway. Uh, Ross is sorry, though, to Rachel. Um, but clearly not that sorry. I'm sorry. I was an idiot. Big idiot. A big idiot. <laughs> Since you have to realize this, uh, this whole Mark thing is really hard for me. Honey, why is it hard? We've been together for almost a year now. Well, I was with Carol for like eight years, and I lost her. And now, if it's possible, I think I love you even more. So it's hard for me to believe I'm not going to... Well, it, someone else isn't going to take you away. Yeah. Let it be me. Let it be me. Honey, that's very sweet. It just seems to me, though, that if two people love each other and trust each other like we do, there's no reason to be jealous. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I get the whole Mark thing is difficult for Ross. But he's not that sorry. Like, he does, he does this a lot where he's just like, I'm sorry. And it's like, you're just saying the words. No, I completely buy into what Ross is saying here. Uh, I'm 100% with him. Um, if anything, I feel like Rachel's response is a little bit troubling because she kind of just, she's trying to comfort him, but she almost kind of disregards everything he said. She's basically just going like, yeah, okay, well, you shouldn't worry about it because, you know, look how great we are. And it's like, well, yeah, but he's just, he just sat here and had a very difficult conversation with you, which he probably shouldn't have had in a coffee shop. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's opened up about what his issue with the issues and try and explain himself and, you know, be, vul be vulnerable. And she just immediately kind of dismisses it as, but we're amazing. And it's just, well... That's not, that's not going to convince me if I'm already concerned you're cheating on me. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what would given that, you know, he's being paranoid. But the fact that Ross has gone for all this effort to me to be emotionally vulnerable and then she just quickly... Um, to me, it feels like she disregards it a little bit too quickly. And I know Ross has probably been a frustrating nightmare yeah. for the past, you know, 48 hours or however long it's been. Um, but yeah, I don't know, I'd feel like Ross is being 100% genuine and it's quite touching. I mean, it's nice to see Ross actually do this for a change. I did like how Gumfort is uh, listening into everything and then it's like, please let it be me, please let it be me, yeah. like, quite loudly. Like, he's, all, he's almost using like the force with that one, like just staring at Ross and just like willing the world to change yeah. so him and Rachel can be together. I mean, I think a lot of it, as we'll see in a bit, is like a perception thing or like what, whose foot is the shoe on in the sense of it's easy for rachel not to worry because she's not the one worrying ross is so it's easy to be like don't worry about it because only rachel knows if she's attracted to mark or not and only rachel knows if it's something that ross needs to really worry about well as, as we've seen with uh, chandler and monica later in the show you know chandler is like you know i'm always concerned monica that you're going to leave me because you can have anyone you want whereas like monica has no concern if chandler is flirting because she's like you know it's chandler like, it's not going to happen, yeah. sort of thing. So, uh, at this point, though, we do learn that Ross and Rachel have been together a year now, somehow. Yeah. Uh, but clearly, Susan and Carol kind of messed him up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot to go through. I mean, again, with my life parallel in Ross, is like the first time you, you go through something like that, and then the first time you actually develop any kind of real feelings, it does, you, you are kind of like, oh, wait, 
what if this goes terribly wrong too? Yeah. Um, and I had a similar conversation with my girlfriend about it, essentially saying that sometimes my brain's weird. Uh, and her reaction was the exact opposite of Rachel. She was entirely understanding and was like, okay, I get that. Just tell me when your brain's been stupid and we do it together. And I'm like, cool. Which Rachel doesn't do. Rachel just kind of dismisses it. And that's why it bugs me a little bit. So when she says that she's going to go to the gym with her new friend, <laughs> you're going to be terrified. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it is tough for Ross. Um, you know, cause he is worried that someone will take away, you know, Rachel from him. Um, but, you know, as Rachel says, that he doesn't have to be jealous because she wants him and, you know, trusts him and he should trust her and stuff, which is difficult for him, right? Uh, but Ross now has to leave to pick up Ben because he has a play date with a woman he met at the bachelor party. Women don't tend to normally go to these parties. No. Uh, except the stripper. So he has a play date with the stripper. And Ross doesn't understand what's going on now. Um he doesn't understand why Rachel is just or why she's acting the way she does. And Ross certainly doesn't need to rub it in though. Uh, he's far too smug at this point. Yeah. At this point, I, I assume he's only being smug because Rachel kind of so flippantly dismisses his concerns. Yeah. Um, so you, maybe you would be a little bit smug cause you're like, Oh now, now what's the story? You don't need to worry. Yeah. Um, you just told us that we're, we're strong and you trust each other. Yeah. And you know, turnabout's fair play. But yeah, uh, but yeah, she. I can't tell if she's concerned it's a woman or if it's because it's a stripper. I mean, I guess you know strippers tend to be seen as attractive because it's their job to be so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it just kind of makes her feel a little bit insecure that you know he's already seen this woman naked and dancing around and now she's going to spend. If any, it is a kind of maybe a bit of a strange situation to be like, oh, if anything, she should be a little bit more comfortable because there was a naked woman dancing around and ross spent time talking about their children yes like it's you know it's not a sexually charged conversation is it it's not like they were talking about how flexible she is and she's going to teach ross how to spin around on a pole <laughs> she, she's gonna they're talking about kids i mean i mean ross could have said hey rachel why didn't you come and join us would have diffused the situation instantly maybe yeah uh after the credits though uh julio is getting close to another uh, another waitress when the barbershop guys walk in with another song Monica is looking pretty smug. Is there a Julio here? I am Julio. <laughs> Mr. Pretentious. You think there's no one finer? Well, your poems are unpublished and you work in a diner. You're no God's gift to women. That's all in your head. You are just a butt munch. No one likes a butt munch. And, and you're, you're all so bad in Let's start a barbershop quartet. <laughs> There's two of us. We need two more people. Can we do a song as good as that, though? Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, you know, butt munch is such a great 90s insult. It really is. Uh, yeah. Now, though, I don't think it would work as an insult. We'll try to bring it back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the only thing I don't like is how at the end, like, they sing that he's terrible in bed. And I'm like, Monica, you really liked him. Like, don't say stuff like this. I, I kind of hate when people say nasty things just to like get at someone not because they actually truly believe it well i guess she's you know her she's hurt from the the poem and its implications so she's just like lashing out at, at julio in a really funny but really petty way <laughs> yes um, like it's so over the top levels of petty well it's, it's the way like in you see like the four guys singing and then she kind of like slowly rises behind them yeah. <laughs> in a smug face absolutely brilliant but given that that julio is clearly a misogynist i feel like that your bad in bed bit is clearly like that she knows it's gonna hit him where it where yes. it hurts like yeah. that he's gonna what she challenged my man hollywood and it's just like well they, she goes after you know he's clearly an unpublished author working in a diner you know he's not good in bed you know he's not great with women as he thinks he is uh, she does this in front of all the patrons like probably a sackable offense but yeah brilliant. when we're talking only about companies in america not wanting you to date people at work maybe this is why <laughs> yeah probably right. uh so yeah this is not as good as the previous episode but it has its moments for sure definitely yeah the barbershop quartet if they weren't in this episode i'd be like meh oh i, li- I like the 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 Miss uh, Crystal Chandelier. Yeah, that's, that's a great moment. Joe, Joey's dancing. Absolutely perfect. Uh, there's, there's definitely a lot of moments here 
which are very relatable, very memorable. Um, I, I guess it's probably a bit of a more disjointed episode compared to the previous one. We do have Ross being neurotic, which was fun last episode to get a little bit. Uh, and now I think we're going to be in for quite a few episodes of it getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah, it's it's weird. The in terms of like the pacing of that subplot, it's odd in the fact that it's not resolved, but Ross kind of explains where he's coming from. Hmm. And I feel like if Rachel had handled that conversation better, that would have been the end of it. Um, but she didn't, and I think that's why it keeps coming back up yeah. because Ross has explained why he feels insecure and why he feels threatened. And she just hasn't anything to support him in it. She's just told him that his feelings and thoughts are wrong, which doesn't help because you're like, well, even if they are wrong, telling him that isn't going to do anything. It's not going to make him feel any better. She needs to support him through that. Yeah. And he should apologize because he massively went, you know, too far down that rabbit hole. But at the same time, she doesn't really help him at all. So not that it's her fault, but at the same time, I can understand why the Ross doesn't let this go. Um, Cause yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's always going to niggle and, you know, he get he does sort of get proven right in the future, uh, which is kind of pretty bad for, for him in terms of his uh, thoughts around all this stuff because it just kind of makes him double down in future. Yeah, I feel like Ross needs to work on the insecurity as well as Rachel supporting him through it, and that should be something they do as a couple. Ross not liking Mark because he thinks Mark's trying to steal Rachel away, that's that's an entirely separate thing, really. Yes. And if you know that's why he doesn't like Mark and you know doesn't want Mark to come hang out at the house, like it's a bit kind of controlling. But at least you understand where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something that's he's not going to get over in you know one conversation. It's going to take some time, but yeah, that's that's something for them to both work on. But as an episode, I quite enjoy. It. I really like the barbershop guys. Uh, it's just such a memorable moment. Uh, you know, just to, as we keep saying, you know, it's nice to have a boyfriend. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that line, absolutely brilliant. And it was great to see them back at the reunion as well. It'd be great if we could get them to record an intro for us. Is, is that what you want to do? Yeah, I wonder right, that. We'll right. track them down and we'll see if they will record us an intro. Well, we're going to need some more patrons to be able to afford that, I assume. They could sing our socials. Then we'd never have to do it again. Yeah, they could, they could, they could. <laughs> could just press play on the clip. Yeah, that would be very good. I'd like that. Uh, maybe we should investigate that. Uh, You've already heard the socials at the start of the episode. You don't need them again from us. No. Uh, so we're going to be back next week with another fantastic episode, I think. But if you would like the Barbershop Quartet to stay our socials for us, you should definitely join the Patreon and help out. Where is that Patreon? Patreon.com forward slash Yeah, Perfect. So yeah, until next week, that's goodbye from me. Cheerio.